जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी गोपी जन वल्लिवरदारी गोपी जन वल्लिवरदारी यशोदनंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यशोदनंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यमुना तीरावनचारी यमुना तीरावनचारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी गोपी जन वल्लिवरदारी गोपी जन वल्लिवरदारी यशोरनंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यशोदनंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यमुना तीरावनचारी यमुना तीरावनचारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी शिशिराधा माधव की एज दे से डोंट माइंड आई हैव वेरी स्मॉल यूट्यूब चैनल and we do believe in the principle of yukta vairagya and however 
you know, full of lust and anger and greed. I may be. I, my philosophy is better to have a blind uncle than no uncle, and therefore better to have some imperfect YouTube channel with Krishna Katha and Srimad Bhagavatam teachings than none. So, with your permission, I'm just going to set up my camera so I can just give the class and at the same time record, and then I'll just upload the video. And some people, some souls will get some benefit because because we're quoting Shastra. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we're reading from the... Can I put down my mask a little bit to give class or... We're reading from Bhagavatam, um, chapter 7, verse number 10, from the first canto. And this is like the super, super, super important verse, the one that Lord Chaitanya quoted to Sarvabhamavatacharya. And it's, uh, I feel really well, yeah, blessed that I can speak on this one verse because it's a really important verse. And uh, I, I thought of talking today with a, a theme or a, you know, a title of the class, which is as follows. Basically, it's this. In spite of our spiritual shortcomings, in spite of our spiritual shortcomings, we should be really grateful that we believe in a personal loving God. That's the class title. Let me um, read the verse, and uh, we'll repeat the verse back and forth. And there's a long purport. So please repeat after me. Sutta uvacha atmaramas chamunayo nirgranta apyurukrame kurvantya haitukim bhaktim Itam Bhuta Gunohari Sutta Uvacha Atmanamas Chamunayo Nirgranta Apyurukrame Kurvantyahitukim Bhaktim Itam Bhuta Gunohari Sutta uvacha atmaramas chamunayo nirgranta apyurukrame kurvantya hitukim bhaktim itam bhuta gunohari. Anyone have their phones and want to read? Sutta uvacha atmaramas chamunayo
So word for word translation Sutta Uvacha Sutta Goswami said Atmarama those who take pleasure in Atma Cha also Munaya sages Nirgrantha freed from all bondage Api in spite of Urukrame unto the great adventurer Kurvanti Du Ahetukim unalloyed Bhaktim devotional service Itam Bhuta such wonderful Gunaha qualities Hari of the Lord translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. I'm going to try to find it really quick on my app here because <laughs> this book is heavy and my eyesight is a little uh, bad. So I'll give me just a second here. I'll find it here. Bhagavatam 1, 7, 10. There we go. So translation, all different varieties of Atmaramas, those who take pleasure in Atma or spirit self, especially those established on the path of self-realization, though freed from all kinds of material bondage, desire to render service, unalloyed devotional service, unto the personality of Godhead. This means that the Lord possesses transcendental qualities and therefore can attract everyone including liberated souls. So please repeat after me. All different varieties of Atmaramas. Those especially, well, yeah, okay. Those who take pleasure in Atma or spirit self. Especially those established on the path of self-realization. Though freed from all kinds of material bondage, Desire to render unalloyed devotional service unto the personality of Godhead. This means that the Lord possesses transcendental qualities and therefore can attract everyone, including liberated souls. Srila Prabhupada's purport for this verse Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained this Atmarama Shloka very vividly before his chief devotee, Srila Sanatan Goswami. He points out 11 factors in this Shloka, namely, 1. Atmarama, 2. Munaya, 3. Nirgrantha, 4. Api, 5. Cha, 6. Urukrama, 7. Kurvanti, 8. Ahitukim, 9. Bhaktim, 10. Itam Bhuta Guna, and 11. Hari. According to the Vishak Prakash Sanskrit Dictionary, there are seven synonyms for the word Atmarama, which are as follows. One, Brahman, or the Absolute Truth. Two, Body. Three, Mind. Four, Endeavor. Five, Endurance. Six, Intelligence. And seven, Personal Habits. 
The word munaya refers to one, those who are thoughtful, two, those who are grave and silent, three, ascetics, four, the persistent, five, mendicants, six, sages, and seven, saints. The word nirgranta conveys these ideas. One, one who is liberated from nescience. Two, one who has no connection with scriptural injunction, or in other words, who is freed from the obligation of the rules and regulations mentioned in the revealed scriptures like ethics, Vedas, philosophy, psychology, and metaphysics. In other words, the fools, illiterate urchins, etc., who have no connection with regulative principles. Three, a capitalist. And four, also one who is penniless. According to the Shabdakosh Dictionary, the affix ni is used in the sense of one, certainty, two, counting, three, building, and four, forbiddance. And the word granta is used in the sense of wealth, thesis, vocabulary, etc. The word urukrama means the one whose activities are glorious. Krama means step. This word urukrama specifically indicates the Lord's incarnation as Bhamana, who covered the whole universe by immeasurable steps. Lord Vishnu is powerful, and his activities are so glorious that he has created the spiritual world by his internal potency and the material world by his external potency. By his all-pervading features, he is ever-present as the supreme truth, and in his personal feature, he is always present in his transcendental abode of Goloka Vrindavan, where he displays his transcendental pastimes in all variegatedness. His activities cannot be compared to anyone else's, and therefore the word Urukrama is just applicable to him only. According to Sanskrit verbal arrangements, Kurvanti refers to doing things for someone else. Therefore, it means that the Atmaramas render devotional service unto the Lord, not for personal interest, but for the pleasure of the Lord, Urukrama. Hetu means causal. There are many causes for one's sense satisfaction, and they can be chiefly classified as material enjoyment, mystic powers, and liberation, which are generally desired by progressive persons. As far as material enjoyments are concerned, they are innumerable, and the materialists are eager to increase them more and more because they are under the illusory energy. There is no end to the list of material enjoyments, nor can anyone in the material universe have all of them. As far as the mystic powers are concerned, there are eight in all, such as to become the minutest in form, to become weightless, to have anything one desires, to lord it over the material nature, to control other living beings, to throw early earthly globes in outer space. Does anyone have a fantasy of throwing globes in outer space? These mystic powers are mentioned in the Bhagavatam. The forms of liberation are five in number. Therefore, unalloyed devotion means service to the Lord without desire for the above-mentioned personal benefits. And the powerful personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, can be fully satisfied by such unalloyed devotees, free from all sorts of desires for personal benefit. Unalloyed devotional service of the Lord progresses in different stages. 
practice of devotional service in the material field is of 81 different qualities, and above such activities is the transcendental practice of devotional service, which is one and is called sadhana bhakti. When unalloyed practice of sadhana bhakti is matured into transcendental love for the Lord, the transcendental loving service of the Lord begins gradually developing into nine progressive stages of loving service under the headings of under the headings of attachment, love, affection, feelings, affinity, adherence, following, ecstasy, and intense feelings of separation. The attachment of an, ina- of an inactive devotee develops up to the stage of transcendental love of God. Attachment of an active servitor develops up to the stage of adherence, and that for a friendly devotee develops up to the stage of following, and the same is also the case for the paternal devotees. Devotees in conjugal love develop ecstasy up to the stage of intense feelings of separation. These are some of the features of unalloyed devotional service to the Lord. There's two more paragraphs, actually a few more. There's really a good one that's coming up. I mean, not to say that they're not all good, but there's one that is especially relevant, I think, and and relevant to us also as aspiring devotees. According to Hari Bhakti Sudodhaya, the import of the word itambhuta is, quote, complete bliss. Transcendental, uh, no, this is it, this is the purport. And this is the paragraph that uh, we could pay uh, pay attention to, especially. Transcendental bliss in the realization of impersonal Brahman becomes comparable to the scanty water contained in the pit made by a cow's hoof. It is nothing compared with the ocean of bliss of the vision of the personality of Godhead. So keep in mind this idea of vision of the personality of Godhead. Seeing God. The personal form of Lord Sri Krishna, Prabhupada says, is so attractive that it comprehends all attraction, all bliss, and all tastes, or rasas. These attractions are so strong that no one wants to exchange them for material enjoyment, mystic powers, and liberation. There is no need of logical arguments in support of this statement, but out of one's own nature one becomes attracted by the qualities of Lord Sri Krishna. We must know for certain that the qualities of the Lord have nothing to do with mundane qualities. All of them are full of bliss, knowledge, and eternity. These are in, There are innumerable qualities of the Lord, and one is attracted by one quality while another is attracted by another. Great sages, such as the four bachelor devotees Sanaka, Sanatan, Sananda, and Sanat Kumar, were attracted by the fragrance of flowers and tulsi leaves anointed with the pulp of sandalwood offered at the lotus feet of the Lord. So here we have an example we have a couple of examples of impersonalists coming to personalism or coming to Vaishnavism, Mayavadis becoming devotees, or Brahmanandis becoming devotees. Shukadev Goswami Prabhupada uses another example. Similarly, Shukadev Goswami was attracted by the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Shukadev Goswami was already situated in the liberated stage, yet he was attracted by the pastimes of the Lord. And this is the whole point of this verse. This proves that the quality of his pastimes has nothing to do with material affinity. Similarly, 
The young cowherd damsels were attracted by the bodily features of the Lord, and Rukmini was attracted by hearing about the glories of the Lord. Lord Krishna attracts even the mind of the goddess of fortune. He attracts, in special cases, the minds of all young girls. He attracts the minds of the elderly ladies by paternal affection. He attracts the mind of the male in the humors of servitude and friendship. The word Hari conveys various meanings, but the chief import of the word is that the Lord vanquishes everything inauspicious and takes away the mind of the devotee by awarding pure transcendental love. By remembering the Lord in acute distress, one can be free from all varieties of miseries and anxieties. Gradually, the Lord vanquishes all obstacles on the path of devotional service of a pure devotee, and the result of nine devotional activities, such as hearing and chanting, becomes manifested. Last paragraph. By his personal features and transcendental attributes, the Lord attracts all psychological activities of the pure devotee. Such is the attractive power of Lord Krishna. The attraction is so powerful that a pure devotee never hankers for any one of the four principles of religion. These are the attractive features of the transcendental attributes of the Lord. And adding to this words, adding to this the words api and cha, one can increase the imports unlimitedly. According to Sanskrit grammar, there are seven synonyms for the word api. So, by interpreting each and every word of this shloka, one can see unlimited numbers of transcendental qualities of Lord Krishna that attract the mind of a pure devotee. Om Ajnati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Kshakshurum Militam Jaina Tasma Shri Grave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Sapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadandikam Vanchakalpaturubhyascha kripa sindubhya evacha patitanam pavanibhyo vaishnavibhyo namo namaha Thanks for having me here. It's, a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. And again, like this, the, the theme of today is, you know, in spite of our, in spite of our spiritual shortcomings, uh, we should be grateful that we believe in a loving, personal God as opposed to, you know, some white light, some Brahman we should be really grateful to Krishna that we may not have, you know, a lot of faith. Um, speaking for myself, we, we don't have much, but at least we've accepted the, the the idea that God's a person, that God has a form, and 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 we're working in that direction. Um, yesterday, I was making a YouTube video uh, on on right outside of Tamil Krishnamarja's uh, samadhi in French for a French channel. And there was this guy who had asked me, can you please explain the difference between Advaita Vedanta or impersonalism and, uh, impersonalism or Vaishnavism? So I was, you know, making the point that, that the, the, the goal of the impersonalist and the goal of the Vaishnava is really different. I was trying to contrast the two. The goal of the impersonalist or the follower of Advaita Vedanta or Shankaracharya, the goal is what? It's mukti, moksha, right? liberation from birth and death so that the soul can merge into some white light, into the Brahman, to the radiance of the Lord. Well, we believe of the Lord. They will say there's just the radiance period and that radiance manifests through Krishna or Shiva or Ganesh or 
Durga, and therefore it doesn't matter who you worship ultimately because that's just for neophytes like the Vaishnavas. But the Vaishnavas, the devotees of Krishna, um, believe in, in a personal God. They, they believe in, in, the, in the Supreme Person. And they believe that this white light that everyone, all the impersonalists try to merge into, actually emanates from that white light. And they don't want simply mukti or moksha. If, if the Lord grants mukti, great. But ultimately, they just, they, do want a, they just want bhakti. They just want a relationship with Krishna. And so I think, therefore, you know, since this verse talks about this, we can all identify with it. At least all of us here who have you know, taken up the practice of bhakti yoga, we can all relate to this idea of the absolute truth having a form, possessing, as the verse says, transcendental qualities, and and I think we can all testify to the to the attractive power of that supreme person. Otherwise, why would we be here? Why would be why would why would we be chanting Hare Krishna day in and day out, and trying to you know follow uh, the Vaishnava standards of life? If if we hadn't experienced some sort of attraction to Krishna, right? So this is a verse that relates to to all of us as you know aspiring um, aspiring devotees. Now, the context of this verse is is pretty cool. Uh, this verse was quoted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya when they were having a discussion, and Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya just kind of you know had this. Like, like they say in French, a, a, a tilt moment—not like tilt, like you're tilting your head, but more like when you're playing uh, the old, you know, like before they had digital games, they had the, the uh, you know, like you have two little things on the side and there's a, a metal ball. How do you call that? What? Pinball. So sometimes if you hit the the pinball machine too hard, it it goes tilt, like it freezes, right? <laughs> so anyway, some sort of like aha moment. Um, when Sarvabhama Tacharya just realizes, oh my God, like he gives nine different interpretations of the verse of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya says, that's very nice. Let me tell you my, my few thoughts on it. And, 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 and Sarvabhama Tacharya realizes, oh my God, I'm, I'm dealing with the Supreme Personality of God. And he falls flat in front of, of Lord Chaitanya. And seeing Sarvabhama Bhattacharya's humility, Lord Chaitanya blesses him. And what does he do? He reveals to him his Vishnu form. Just like Krishna does to Arjuna, and then after his Vishnu form, he manifests his Arjuna, his sorry, his Krishna form, his two-handed form. And Kaviraj Goswami mentions that when Sarvabhumavatacharya saw Lord Chaitanya manifest his Vishnu form and and his original Krishna form, he it was revealed in his heart everything, all the truths. Kaviraj Goswami says all the truths were revealed to him, including the importance of chanting the holy name. Importance, including the importance of chanting the holy name and the spreading of Krishna consciousness. Those are the exact words of, of Kaviraj Goswami. Right? So that's the context of this verse. And the, the reason why this verse is so important because it's kind of like a, a, a weapon, so to speak, for personalists, for devotees of Krishna. You know, one, yet one more sort of weapon in the, in the non-violent debate that that is centuries and centuries old between or millennial old or if not eternal between you know the impersonalists and and the devotees of Krishna and so this verse establishes that you know the lord has qualities transcendental qualities 
So it really establishes two things. Because if you're, if you're going to have qualities, you can't not be a person. So this verse is so important that you know it establishes not only is God a person, but he has transcendental qualities. Or because he has transcendental qualities that have the power to attract even liberated souls, he is the supreme person. But just for our memory's sake, we can you know go through a few verses that that emphasize this. Um, you know, the Sri Shopanishad, that famous verse, um, "Oh my Lord, sustainer of all that lives, your real face is covered by your dazzling effulgence. Kindly remove that covering and exhibit yourself to your pure devotee." Right? And like I was saying just earlier, you know, the devotees of Krishna believe that this radiance, this white light that the yogis and the impersonalists try to merge into are actually the rays, the bodily rays of Krishna. As Krishna himself says in the Gita, Brahmano hi pratishta aham. Aham, I am the, the basis of the impersonal uh, Brahman. And he warns that you know when I come and engage in the world in my human form, human in, in the spiritual sense, right? Like, like the Brahma Samhita says, Ishvara Parama Krishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha. The Lord has a, a form, but it's a spiritual form. It's, it's a form made of eternality and, and bliss and knowledge. But when he descends, he says, fools, only fools deride me. Only fools make fun of me when I come in, in this human form. Avajananti ma mudha manushim tanumashritam. And in the fourth chapter, you know, verse nine, Krishna says, "Janma karma chame divyam," like my my activities, my appearance, they're divyam, they're they're transcendental, they're transcendental. So that's the establishment of Krishna or God having a form, a personality. And this verse claims that these qualities, this personality, is attractive. I mean, isn't that what Krishna, the word Krishna means? <laughs> Attractive, right? It has the power to attract souls. And so that's why in you know, very exalted stages of Krishna consciousness, you have people like, you have you know, saints like Rupa Goswami who say, look, if you're, if you're at all attached to, to worldly friends uh, and to your society, do not look, do not, like be careful, don't look at the smiling face of Lord Govinda as he stands on the bank of the Yamuna at Keshigat. Because, you know, if you look at that guy, quote-unquote, then you're going you're gonna to get attracted to him. And as a result, you'll lose, you lose your attachment for matter and for, for sense gratification. There's a pass in the, passage in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, in the Madhya Lila, that I really, really like, where Lord Chaitanya really pushes strongly this point of God having a form and himself basically having a form. And so I want to I want to read this to you. It's it's a few paragraphs from the Madhya Kanda of Chaitanya Bhagavat uh, which illustrates this point. So here you got Lord Chaitanya before he takes sannyas. These are the sweet pastimes of Lord Chaitanya in Navadvip before he takes sannyas. And these pastimes by the way I think are super important for for Iskon devotees in general given that you know, the large majority of, of Iskon or Gaudiya Vaishnav devotees as a whole are largely majority householders and not, you know, monks or sannyasis. The pastimes of Lord Chaitanya, those few years that he spends in Navadvip after he quote-unquote converts to Krishna consciousness and before 
he leaves Navadvip as a sannyasi, those Navadvip lilas of Lord Chaitanya are, are very, very important for devotees to look to, for inspiration, for examples. So here, you know, Lord Chaitanya is, has already revealed himself as the Supreme Lord, or maybe not yet. He's in, just in, at that cusp where, you know, he just came back from Gaya, he became the new Bhakta, <laughs> he saw the light, he met his Guru, and and now he's like serving all the Vaishnavas of Navadweep, and all the devotees there are like, wow, look, you know, Nimai Pandit, he's, he's, he joined, <laughs> he became a devotee, you know, how wonderful. And so, Lord Chaitanya one day goes into the house of Murari Gupta, screaming, bore, bore, because he had just heard about the avatar of Varaha. So inspired by the mood of Varaha Dev, Chaitanya Bhagavad describes, he goes into Murari Gupta's house unannounced, and Murari Gupta sees him like walk right in front of him. He goes to the to to I don't know if he goes to the altar, but he pa- passes by Murari Gupta screaming, Bore, bore, bore. And um well, here, let me read it to you. One day, the Lord heard the pastimes of Krishna in his incarnation as a boar, Lord Varaha. Roaring, he rushed to Murari Gupta's house. Lord Chaitanya had a special love for Murari Gupta, just like Lord Ramachandra had a special love for Hanuman. When Lord Gorachandra arrived at Murari Gupta's house, Murari Gupta received the Lord with great respect offering obeisances to the Lord's lotus feet. The Lord hurried past by him, shouting, Boar! Boar! Murari Gupta was left dumbfounded, looking all around him. The Lord entered the temple room of Lord Vishnu and saw a beautiful water pot standing in the corner. Just at that moment, what happened? Just at that moment, the Lord took the form of Varaha, so imagine, you got like a human coming into your house and all of a sudden, poof, he manifests as a boar. You've got like this giant boar in front of you, transcendental on top of that. And so uh, the author, um, Vrindavan Das Thakur, says, Murari Gupta was left dumbfounded. He's like, oh, right? And um, in the mood of Varaha, the Lord lifted the water pot with his tusks. So... Lord Chaitanya transforms into a boar. He's got two tusks and he lifts the, probably the silver water pot for, you know, to use to do the puja between his two tusks, right? And absorbed in this mood, he lifted the water pot and roaring loudly like a boar, he stood there with his four hoofs. And then he tells Murari Gupta, offer prayers to me, Murari. And Murari remained dumbfounded. Amazed, he couldn't say anything. The Lord said, speak up, Morari, speak up. Do not have fear. Don't you know my supreme identity? Trembling with fear, Morari pleaded with the Lord, saying, O Lord, you only know how to glorify yourself and offer prayers. And then he goes through a long litany of beautiful prayers, which I didn't include here. Okay, So after Morari Gupta makes all these prayers to the Lord, this is what's significant. Listen to this. Lord Varaha was pleased with Murari Gupta's words. Then expressing anger at the Vedic literatures. So you got Lord Chaitanya who gets angry, who's expressing anger towards the Vedas. And remember, in the Gita, Krishna says, Veda is chasarvar aham eva vidyam. Like, of all the Vedas, I am to be known. I am the, right? Of all the Vedas, I am to be known. I am the, the compiler of the, Veda, of the Vedas. I mean, aham sarvasya prabhu, everything comes from Krishna, including the Vedas. But it's kind of, Ironic that here he's like 
criticism, you know, because, you know, many followers of the Vedic tradition, you know, the Vedas, the Vedas, the Vedas, and of course we respect the Vedas, but in this particular case of extreme personalism, Lord Chaitanya has, has this to say about, you know, the Vedas in general. He says, the Vedas have the audacity to say that I have no hands, no legs, no mouth, and no eyes. And he's speaking as a boar. <laughs> he doesn't even have hands, he's got hooves. <laughs> There is a mischievous sannyasi living in Kashi who teaches his students. That rascal tries to mutilate my transcendental form. He studies the Vedas and teaches others, but he, has, he does not accept my transcendental form. As a result of such blasphemy, he was attacked with the dreadful, that dread, dreaded disease of leprosy, but he could not understand the import of it. And he continues, I am the Lord of all sacrifices, the Supreme Lord Vishnu, there are no imperfections in my transcendental form. Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva are always engaged in glorifying my supreme transcendental position and nature. A mere touch of my body can spiritualize and purify everything. Yet that rascal is so insolent that he proclaims that my transcendental form is non-existent. Carefully hear my opinion, Murari Gupta. I will tell you that which is not manifest even in the Vedas. I accepted the incarnation of a boar to lift the material world out of the waters of nations. Know me to be the ultimate goal of the Vedas. The purpose of my present incarnation is to propagate the congregational chanting of the holy name of Krishna. The, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas are not the only ones who you know, believe in God having a form and expressing devotion in that sense. And um, I wanted to share with you uh, probably the most popular Christian pop song, just the first 30 seconds, that was ever composed in recent history. It, it broke all the records. It's, it's a song that was written by a guy called Bart, um, um, Bart Millard. And um, I'll just play it to you real quick, but listen to these lyrics, how, how close they are to what we as devotees believe in terms of wanting to, to have darshan of the form of God and believing in the form of God and in the personhood of God. He says, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And just in the spirit of Yukta Vairagya, listen to this. So coming to to you, Prabhu's, um, like I said at the beginning, you know, you should be grateful that you're connected to a tradition that believes that God's a person and that you can develop a personal relationship with him and and, and, and experience the love of Krishna to you and express your devotion to Him. And keep chanting, you know, what else is there to say? Keep chanting that holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Because, you know, you know as well as I do that, that you know, our scriptures say that you know, if you want to get everything, including the darshan of the Lord and see the Lord and experience your relationship with Him, then you have to chant the holy name. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nasi Eva Nasi Eva Katiranyata. 
And, and, and one thing that I, I thought of mentioning real quick as a parenthesis that you can think of, um, you know, because here we've been hearing about, you know, seeing the Lord or the form of the Lord, which you usually perceive with your eyes, right? But the holy name or the sound vibration of Krishna, whether it's his holy name or whether it's the sound of his flute, in some respects, in some regards, is even more attractive than his form. First of all, it's, it's more merciful. Like Rupa Goswami and Padyavali says that the, the holy name of the Lord is, is much more merciful than the form of the Lord. And the Bhagavatam, in, in the 10th canto, there's the description of the birds of Vrindavan, right? And the birds of Vrindavan, check this out, they actually have darshan of Krishna right there. Like they see him. And yet what do they do? They close their eyes. They close their eyes so they can hear Krishna's flute. The charming flute song steals away the minds of the cranes, swans, and other lake-dwelling birds. Indeed, they approach Krishna, close their eyes, maintaining strict silence, worship him by fixing their consciousness upon him in deep meditation. So they close their eyes, they meditate on him. But listen to this next one. In this forest, O mother, all the birds have risen on the beautiful branches of the trees to see Krishna. With closed eyes, they are simply listening in silence to the sweet vibration of his flute and they are not attracted to any other sound. So, you know, we don't have taste and that's okay. Like Lord Chaitanya told, like, you know, identifying as us, he said, like, you're so kind, Krishna, you have appeared in, the, in this holy name, but I'm so unfortunate that I have no attraction for them. But that's okay. We should just follow another of Rupa Goswami's instructions in the nectar of instruction and just be patient and continue, you know, our basic sadhana, our basic program, associating with devotees, doing kirtan like, like you know, like, like we did yesterday and other devotees did on the Kadashi and just keep doing that. Keep participating in the Yuga Dharma and, and stay in close association and, 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 you know, keep sinful activity as far away as possible. And, um, and by doing that, this Shravanam Kirtanam will, will gradually reawaken our, our, our dormant love of God and we can, we can gradually, you know, uh, see Krishna more and more and, and appreciate his presence more and more and, and testify, be real, you know, testifiers to, to this claim that, that not only is God a person, but that he has a, a transcendental qualities that attract, attract all of us, including liberated souls. So we should thank Krishna for allowing us to, to believe in him and to, to continue serving him and trying to help others also come to his lotus feet. Thank you for your patience. Hare Krishna. The Prabhupada Ki Jai.